When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One time my dad, uh, for one of his birthday, we gave him a, a dinner at a Rodé Chateau in France. And, and so, you know, after the experience, I cut him out. How was it? And he was like, God, that was incredible. And I said, Dad, that's what I do. My dad had no idea what I did. Mm. And- San Antonio Restaurants has created an ultimate foodie cruise taking place February 2024 on the magnificent Virgin Voyages Scarlet Lady cruise ship out of Miami. We have partnered with the Tiki Travel Planner LLC for all the logistics, and they have some huge discounts just for us. The link to the foodie cruise is on the San Antonio Restaurant's Facebook page or message Alan directly. Hey everyone, this is Alan here. We are back with The More You Know, The Better It Tastes. And my partner here, Susie. How are you, hey, Susie? Hey, everybody. I am wonderful. It's, we have Great. another amazing guest with us. So, we do. So we do. This is going to be a fun one. Yep. Jean-Francois Pujo, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Oh, glad to have you. Now, Jean-Francois owns two restaurants right now. He owns Julia's Bistro at 1725 Blanco Road and also the Sohill Cafe at 1719 Blanco, just about next door to it. I think there's something in between you, the restaurant and, and your restaurant. Actually, right? there's something in the front, but not in the back. So we can go from one to the next through the back. That's true. I've, I've seen that. Yeah, if one, two, I think you share restrooms for the two restaurants, don't you? Uh, we have separate restrooms, oh, but okay. they can be shared. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a great place. Uh, such, a, such good food. So we're going to get all into that in a little bit, but... Uh, Want to learn about you. So Jean-Francois, it's just fun to say your name. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> it's it's a great name. And and so where are you from? Obviously, you must be from like Seguin or something with a name like that? Uh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> On the other side of the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> now, I was born and raised in Versailles. Versailles, uh, France. Yeah, so 20 minutes away from Paris. And, uh, you know, I was thirsty for adventure, and when I was 18, 19 years old, I decided to come to the U.S. and live the American dream. Wow. that's that's uh, It takes guts to do that. Um, yeah. How, how did your parents feel about it, you leaving? They, they didn't like it. Yeah, I imagine. I imagine. So you were 18, you decided, I'm going to the U.S. That's correct. Wow. What, what were you thinking? Were you thinking, I'm going to go there and, and, uh, and, and start a business, or you didn't know? You just go there and see what happens. I... Uh, I had no idea. <laughs> I just wanted a bit of adventure. I was tired of, you know, suburban lifestyle. And mm-hmm. I just ended up in Orange County in California, and the weather was beautiful. People were beautiful, so I stayed there. Yeah. Yeah, well, France is pretty beautiful, too. Mm, right, right. <laughs> well, yeah. You, you know, just to say that, when you're born there, it gets boring after a while. Yeah, I think that's probably for anyone, wherever you're at. Yeah. yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? I have two sisters. Okay. Are they still there? Yes, everybody's in France. Everyone else is still in France. Do you That's go right. back? Uh, I was there just before COVID for my niece, Julia's mm-hmm. wedding. Okay. Oh, so. Julia. Yes. Oh, got to hear, got to learn about that. That's so mm-hmm. cool. 
All right. Well, that's fascinating so, that you did that. Were you influenced by the foods um, in France um, that, that you brought to the United States? My mother was a very, very good cook. Mm-hmm. Uh, she cooked every day. You, you know, the, the routine in my house was at 10 o'clock, she would start cooking dinner. So oh. I was raised seeing her cooking all the time and, and smelling and testing and going get the product out of the garden. And, and so I always had an affinity for food. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I think that's what gives me an edge in this right. country. Yeah. Wow. So when I did my research on you, I was surprised to learn, and probably a lot of people are, that you're not a chef. Um, I thought everyone in France was chefs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a chef. And you have an amazing chef name. <laughs> yeah. uh, you never crossed my path mm-hmm. to actually go and work in a kitchen. So w- when I came to America, which you know, goes with this, but if you're a French immigrant of the boat, first job you get, especially in California, is in a French restaurant or in a French bakery or something like this, Mm -hmm. but that's by default. So by default, I came here and I worked in a French bakery. Mm -hmm. And then evolving, I got into management and, you know, always running restaurants or cafes or anything like this. And you know, Right, because you were saying you have a degree in finance, Yeah, I was going to say, don't you have a degree Mm -hmm. in finance? Well, you know, I went to school. I just have very long stories, but uh, I needed to go to school. I wanted to get a degree. And uh, so I became a bartender in a restaurant, French restaurant. We were a very neat group, uh, you know, and got my degree in finance, tried it for one year, and then I said, no, that's not for me. So I gave up finance and I went back into the restaurant business. Mm. And those French people taught me a lot about the back front of the house, a lot of my management style and uh, menu creativity is coming from them. So do you help curate the menus at your restaurants? Yes, I do. That's awesome. Yeah, we talk with the chef and, and pretty much the kitchen staff. And, you know, it's always good to have more than one head mm-hmm. to think, okay, what makes the most sense? What flavor profile, texture profile? A lot of those things, so that visually speaking, you can create a dish that is appealing but also tastes good. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's uh, you you have to know food, I guess, to be able to be to do that to mm-hmm. help cre- uh, curate it. Yeah, that's that's amazing. All right, so let's let's learn about coming to the U.S. So you you came to California, age eighteen, started working in a couple of restaurants, and how did you get into management then? Uh. You want the truth? Sure. Okay. So of course. First job, uh, I was a busser in a restaurant and uh, fine dining. Got fired after two weeks. <laughs> Didn't work out. <laughs> so after that, I worked in a bakery. Did pretty good making cappuccino, attention to details, beautiful form. So this worked out. Then I learned to bake. So I did work a little bit in the kitchen, but mm-hmm. as a baker. And uh, after finishing uh, going through college, I said, well, I'm ne- never going to make it being a baker. I mean, working all night long and when are you going to go to school? So I decided to go bartending. Before that, I did a stunt as a server, two weeks, got fired. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recurring yeah. thing there. I was going to say, yeah, I don't know if the serving would be the... <laughs> well, my, my life is not all successes, that's for sure. Um, and... Uh, and then, but bartending and managing was something that really fitted me well. Mm-hmm. So I stick with it, except for the one year in finance, I was 
been into management, restaurant management, five-star hotel, uh, cafes, a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. yeah. But so my range has been always into managing. Right, right. Yeah. Which is where you're, you kind of have your, it seems like that's where your fit is. is yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, so you went through the different steps in, in various restaurants and, and things, and you ended up managing a five-star hotel in Beverly Hills. I was a restaurant manager at L'Amitage Hotel in Beverly Hills just before 9-11. So uh, big chef, uh, everything was big. I mean, 90% of our clientele was celebrities and everything. So lots of, you know, constraints, totally different style of service and everything. And, and uh, it, it was an amazing experience where, uh, you know, when I see sometimes in movie mm -hmm. that portrays this five-star level, I say, yeah, I know, I remember that. That's, That's what you is. were involved wow. in, yeah. yeah. So do you, do you have any stories about celebrities or, you know, because you're from France, you're like, I don't care who they are. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, good ones and bad ones. I mean, working in Beverly Hills, it, it's you see Just everything. tell us the bad ones. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> kidding. yeah let's get the scoop. <laughs> one of the good ones at the restaurant where we where I worked, um, Lots of celebrities coming in, and and Mel Gibson, which is very mm -hmm. distant mm -hmm. with everybody, likes his privacy and everything. Always choose the worst table next to the bathroom, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> because uh, it's way away, I guess. Yeah, uh, but it, it was funny because one day he just finished his table, and and the couple next to his table said, "Can we move table?" I was like, "What do you want to get this shitty table by you know by the bathroom?" Mm -hmm. But Mel Gibson said, I want to sit where Mel Gibson said. Oh. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's yeah, funny. That's, that's a different life of, uh, over there, I guess. Right. Yeah. It is. Yeah. So you said you were there when 9-11 happened. That's correct. Yeah. And, and so what happened? I mean, that's, that is when you came to San Antonio right after that. So what, what was the story there? Uh, we we're running, what, 95% occupancy on a regular basis, and just after 9-11, everybody canceled. Everything was canceled. Mm. All the show were canceled, uh, so occupancy went to 8%. And uh, I was young, single. I said, okay, I'll put my resume out there and see what happens. And uh, I got recruited by La Mansion de Rio Hotel. Okay, to, downtown. Yeah, to, mm -hmm. to work with uh, Philippe Placé and a great culinary team over there. Oh, wow. So you, so Philippe was, was responsible for getting you to San Antonio. He, he was not responsible. That was more Henry Feldman. Okay. Uh, that was very keen into recruiting highly talented people from East Coast and West Coast. So Philippe came from the East Coast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I came from the West Coast. Yes. Um, but we worked together at La Mansion and, you know, uh, make it be a great restaurant with uh, Chef Scott Cohen and a uh, that's where he started in San Antonio. Gotcha. Wow. Gotcha. Wow, that's really cool. I had no the idea. The French connection. The French connection. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, right. Susie. That's awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, how did, what made you decide you want to open your own restaurant? When I was a bartender, a guy came in one day and he said, you know, you should open your own restaurant. You would be good at it. I'm like, where does this come from? I'm studying finance. Yeah. Why do you want me to open a restaurant? And he sticked. So because after one year in finance was terrible, I came back and I said, okay, you know what? One day I'm going to have to do it. And uh, the last uh, experience I had, I worked at the Conrad Hotel in uh, 
uh, Indianapolis working for a very, very big chef. And, uh, but he, he was 84 days straight, 12 hours a day, uh, nonstop, 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 trying to get all this open and running and everything. And when he quit, I decided, you know what? Indianapolis is not for me. Came back to San Antonio. I looked at my wife. I said, that's it. We're opening our restaurant. And we looked for a location, and that was Soleil Bistro and One Bar. And where's, where was Soleil? Soleil was at the corner of Cadillac Drive and Blanco Road. Okay. So, historically speaking, Soleil was where the original Bocones used to be. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. I, I remember when Bocones was closer to 1604. Mm-hmm. I didn't remember that they had, were farther down at yeah, first. Yeah, they started further down. That's where he got all of his success. Uh-huh. And then when he moved, everything collapsed. Okay. Interesting. So, so is that the same spot that you later opened Toast? That's correct. Okay, then I know where it was. And okay, yeah. So, and what what type of place was Soleil? Soleil was Soleil. Traditional French food, mm-hmm. uh, Mediterranean, more base, but the more traditional French bistro experience. So our clientele was a little bit more mature, more cultured, a lot more wine sales. Uh, and then the Great Recession happened, mm-hmm. and so we had to change everything. Yeah, yeah, okay. Just killed it up. Interesting. How how long was Soleil Soleil there? Uh, two years, two three years. Okay, all right. And, and so uh, when you closed it, and then you is that when you changed it to Toast? That's or? correct. Okay, and, and and that describe the food there. Toast was the food was not the main priority. Mm-hmm. Uh, Soleil was kind of a wine much, bar. Yeah, it was a wine bar. So it was food and wine. Toast was fully licensed DJs partying. Mm. The food was there to fulfill, but he was not the star of the show. Mm. Uh, Toast ended up what? Brunch was crazy with DJs, people staying there all day. Weren't you just about the first in San Antonio to have a big brunch menu at Toast? I think it was like the first place that really had it. Well, Toast really put the brunch scene, uh, created the brunch scene and the brunch um, fashion in San Antonio. I mean, we were a small restaurant and we we're going through 15 cases of sparkling wine mm-hmm. in one day. Wow. It was nonstop. Mm-hmm. I mean, and working at La Monson, La Monson is three times bigger, and they were doing the same number. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was more a party crowd. Uh, it was more, you know, Sunday fun day. Mm-hmm. That we gave the meaning to Sunday fun day. People were going there, they had their own t shirt, Sunday fun day. I mean, <laughs> it, it was a big, big party. Yeah. Yeah. It I know. Fun. I, I, <laughs> it was fun. I don't think I ever made it there, but I do know people that still talk about it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even to this day, I mean, at the restaurant, I have clients that come in and, and they say, oh, you own Toast. Oh, God, I have stories from Toast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was debating whether I'd bring this up. A friend of mine, after leaving Toast, fell in the parking lot and broke his leg pretty bad. Oh, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, Susie, why don't we take the break right there that, that, yeah, that <laughs> with that story, and we'll come back and learn about uh, the rest of your journey. And we'll go to a commercial and come right back. Sounds good. Hey, Susie. The San Antonio Restaurant Gold Club is amazing. It is 
probably the best club, I would say, in the world. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And, yeah. there, and you can get some great deals. For, we started the Gold Club right at about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Looking to get people to go to local restaurants, we try to, I say, break the chain. We want them to get away from those chains. Right, And exactly. so we, we formed this Gold Club. It allows you to have an app on your phone and tells you over 80 great local restaurants right now and growing all the time. We're always adding additional restaurants. You can go to any of these restaurants and use the perks that are on this app and get discounts. Get yeah. things like maybe a free appetizer, free dessert, uh, just all, all kinds of wonderful Buy one, get things. one free. And it's all aimed at getting you to try something new. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were uh, we get asked all the time, you know, where should we go eat? Where should we go eat? Where should we go eat? So we decided, you know what? Let's put together this app. And actually, um, the, the restaurants that are involved are all restaurants that we've been to. They're restaurants we stand behind. Um, we know they have great food. They have great service. They have great great atmosphere. So we take all the guesswork out for you so you don't have to think, oh, I don't know. I, 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 you know, we hear all the time, well, I'll just go to this chain because it's what I know. Yeah, um, they're you know, comfortable they're there. Exactly, comfortable mm-hmm. there. So now you, you don't, we, we've taken all the guesswork out for you. You know that the restaurants that are in this app are great restaurants. So yep. you can go and not only um, have an amazing meal, but you can actually receive a perk. So you're a VIP when you're a part of a gold program. That's right. And we have the coolest events. I mean, every <laughs> month we have an amazing event. They are great. Um, I mean, a lot of times the restaurants will literally close their close down, um, have complimentary bites and cocktails and just all kinds of music. Music and and, and then we have classes. We have classes. We have a sushi class. We've had we have a, a tamale class a coming tamale up. Class, yes. uh, we have all kinds of cool things that go on. And this app is only eight or the club rather is only eight dollars and eighty eight cents a month. That's amazing. Which is unbelievable. You use it one time and it's paid for. Yeah. So yeah. At eight dollars and eighty eight cents a month, you can use all these apps, you know, people use it that what they do is they sit at home and they look through and they decide, oh, I'm going to go here. They decide where they're going to go. And yeah. then you just use it even one time yes. so and you you've could got go, your money Exactly. Back. So you, if you go out to eat five times a month, you have all these amazing restaurants to pick from. Use your perks. I mean, you literally are making money. Um, use it one time. It's paid for. And then after that, it's all gravy from there. So, so many people say they like to yeah. support local. Here's a way to support local. Absolutely. And just leave you with this. Um, you, if you spend one dollar at a local business at a local restaurant you're putting close to three dollars back into the economy which is huge Mm -hmm. huge and it's easy to download just go to the app store whatever google or apple um, type in san antonio restaurant search for san antonio restaurants download our free mobile app you can find this podcast you can find our magazine you can find all kinds of cool stuff on there a foodie map Um, but anyway that's where you can join just click on gold club and you can join for 888 what a deal. All right. Yep. I'm going to go right now and get, and do that. Everybody should. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And we're back. The more you know, the better it tastes with my sidekick, Susie Lafredo. Absolutely. And, you know, we have the, the podcast is called The More You Know, The Better It Tastes because we want you to know the backstory of local chefs and restaurant owners so you'll know when you go there, you'll feel like you're already part of it. Absolutely. And today yes. we have our guest is... Jean-Francois Pujol, welcome. Thank you. So glad to have you here today. And so uh, we mentioned before, you own two restaurants right now. You own Julia's Bistro at 1725 Blanco and also Sohill Cafe 
at 1719 Blanco Road. And you're in that older part of Blanco, a little bit south of Hildebrand. There's a lot of great restaurants right in that area. You got Chris Madrid up the street. You got Blanco Cafe across the street from you. Uh, what is the deli that just opened up close to you? Uh, Beacon Hill. Beacon Hill. Beacon Hill Deli. Yeah, yeah, that's getting a lot of people excited and a lot of rave reviews about that place. You got a lot of stuff happening right there. And So Hill actually is in the same spot that used to be Casbeer's for many years. So I don't know. Something about that area has great restaurants. What is the difference between So Hill Cafe and Julia's? What type of food is it each one? Well, uh, So Hill Cafe is more neighborhood. Uh, everyday food, pizza, steak, burgers. Uh, but, you know, it's good you say Casbier. I mean, saint has a lot of history. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, you know, like Bocones. And uh, and for me, it was very important to try to revive an old regular spot and try to give it a second life. Oh. Because Casbier has been dead since... 2002, 2003, pretty much. Probably so, yeah. So almost 20 years ago. And, and you know, when we took it over, we really wanted to give it a second life. We cleaned it up because it was a bar and people were smoking over there. So we had a lot of things to do too, really. But we still wanted the neighborhood to be able to go there and have a good time and good food. And so that was the idea in mind when we first opened it. So we took, you know, uh, an ingredient, pizza, that is not common in a neighborhood. And then we build a menu around it. But the main focus was always a pizza. I remember when you first opened, I think I read about it, or maybe you told me, but your pizza oven, you pretty much built it from stuff out of Home Depot, didn't you? Not exactly Home Depot, <laughs> but it came, it came in a kit. Yeah. So we bought it in a kit from uh, uh, Forno Bravo, which is in California. And you get all those big pieces, and, and me and the guy... The chef I worked at the time, uh, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> so, so we're like, okay, what do we do? And obviously, we you know we spent some time on the phone with them, and we we're very well supported by a lot of friends, and that helped us build the base. Uh, this is not building. Remind me. Sure. So, the base has to be custom built because the foundation is going down on one side. Oh. The pizza oven has to be flat. Yes. So everything had to be measured so that the oven would be flat. And uh, and so it was a lot more challenging than we thought, but the adventure was worth every penny of it. I mean, building this oven, understanding how all of this work and the importance of, you know, the material and everything to retain the heat because, you know, pizza oven can get mm-hmm. up to 900 degrees. Sure. So that that's pretty hot. And, uh, you know, you have a crack and that's it. Mm-hmm. So everything has to be done perfectly the way it's supposed to be. So it, it was a great adventure, and, you know, we get a great following with it. People love our pizza, so, hey. Yeah, and, and, and it's such an interesting place because you do have great pizza, but you also have steak. That That's my kids. My <laughs> kids love steak, so I say, okay, since I'm not going to be home, I better get a restaurant where I can feed them. Ah, <laughs> I love it. Great, great. It's a very comfortable place. You can go and, and talk, you know, take – it's a great place to visit people. It's relaxing, mm-hmm. great food. That pizza is, is delicious. And uh, oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just really cool. And then Julia's is more of a French. Julia is my heritage. That that's where you know that's what my heart is. That's what when I'm home. That's what I like to cook. That's what I like to play with. That's also my mother's kitchen. 
Oh. You know, okay. where a lot of things that... That are know, on the menu. That we do is things that I've been eating since I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. So uh, th- that's, and you know, being named after my niece, as well as Julia Child, the woman that brought, you know, French so, cuisine. So with both Julia Child's and your niece, Julia, who well, was named kind of... It, see, at the time, there were a lot of movies about Julia's, mm-hmm. and my niece was getting married. I said, Perfect. you know what? And my niece have barely... So when she was a baby, mm-hmm. I was never there. So I okay. said, I better do something nice. Oh, how so, wonderful. Has that. she been here? No. She needs to come here so she can go to to her restaurant. Uh, absolutely, she should. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, Julia's, I mean, well, both restaurants, I mean, almost have a cult following. I mean, I know that when we, um, with the San Antonio Restaurant Group, I mean, we see posts all the time about both restaurants. And people really, I mean, they, they love it. It's 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 kind of a... I don't know. I, I think the palette is changing in San Antonio. I think it's um, growing, and, and there's so many amazing cuisines. Um, but I think that I, I really feel that way, that it, it's kind of a, you kind of have a like this cult following there. It, it, it has a, uh, another thing that is incorporated into Julia's is a f- neighborhood bistro that you have in France. Mm-hmm. Every single, single neighborhood has there neighborhood bistro where they take their friends, where they can be pride heads. This is in our neighborhood. That's mine. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think San Antonio is growing into wanting to have this place. Bacon here didn't have this a little bit more upscale. Mm-hmm. They have great Mexican food, they have great burgers, but they didn't have this a little bit more upscale. It's like, okay, we got those people coming from New York. Let's show them what we got. Mm-hmm. You know, and they take them to New York, to, to Julia's. And first of all, the guys are like, what? This is so cheap. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, the, yeah food, food like that should be really high dollar because it's a fine restaurant, mm-hmm. but yet it's and you have an amazing happy place. hour. Yeah, that the that when you were talking about the cult following, it's yeah. the happy it's hour, the happy happy hour, hour. and yeah. the brunch. You have right. an amazing right. happy hour. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that happy hour for a minute. Well, we wanted to be uh, a little bit. You know, we needed to be aggressive and bring people in. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Bacon Hill is a neighborhood that was never known to have any fine dining right. establishment. So. We decided to do a happy hour, and we took some of the classic, like the grilled Caesar. That we, oh, that grilled Caesar. It's a charred lettuce. Oh, it adds so much flavor. Yeah, that we did at my first restaurant, Soleil, and uh, and then we fed it out a little bit, but people still remember. They're like, I remember this grilled Caesar from Soleil. It was so good. And they come back, and they can have it again. It's like, oh, my God, I miss that. Yeah. And so, you, you know, bringing... The old, the new, different flavors at a price where people can really understand, okay, that's what we do here. You know, and that's most likely one of the perks that I will do on on your... uh, On the Gold Club. On the Gold Mm -hmm. Club, because Mm -hmm. I think I want to find really dishes that defines what Julia's is all about. I, I love that. Yeah. Love that because it's all about getting people not only to incentivize them to go, but to try something new. Yes. Yeah. And, wow. you know, at the beginning, we had a lot of people being scared of the grilled Caesar. It's like, they were like, what? You grill lettuce? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we do. Mm-hmm. But when they tested it, like, oh, my God, that was so good. It's right. so good. You, if, if, if you're one of those people out there listening, thinking, I've never seen grilled lettuce before, try it. It just adds so much flavor. It's so good. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, 
I was yeah. going to say no, ready dinner. To go. I'm ready. <laughs> no, we, we get, we, get we, we do these these podcasts, and we always come out of here hungry. I know, and they're truffle the fries too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, truffle fries are amazing. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to get better at this, Susie, and I keep doing the same thing. I'm trying to tell the story and then I end know, we, up at the restaurant, but I always bounce around. Well, you know what? It, it, when you start <laughs> talking about the food, it's like you know. Yeah. You, yeah. Just, well, so with that in mind, let's bounce back. So you had to- uh, toast, and then after you closed toast, you opened uh, Lamedi. Was that the next one you opened? No, Lamedi was actually opened between uh, Soleil Bistro mm-hmm. and Toast. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, so in Le the Midi, same place? No, so Lamedi was downtown. Okay. So Lamedi was at the corner of uh, Houston and uh, Navarro. Mm-hmm. And that was a short venture, the recession. I mean, it was really fine dining. Oh, okay. And it was a little bit too high for the time, and just after a year and a half, I saw it. Okay, okay. Well, then after Toast, Tribeca. Now, Mm -hmm. that's the one that really puts your name on the map, I think. Everyone knew knew about Tribeca. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, Tribeca was a very interesting venture in a sense that that's my neighborhood, so I was getting back into where I live. Uh, I've seen the building, and I was like, God, that's a beautiful building. You know? mm-hmm. And I would drive in front of it every day. I said, I-, I wish I could have this restaurant. I really wish I could have this restaurant. And so after selling toast, I was taking some time off with my wife. We go and eat at Tribeca, and the owner comes to see me, and she's like, please, take it over. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, wow. so so I didn't realize that. So it was already Tribeca, and then you bought it. It wasn't Tribeca. Oh, it was a different restaurant. It was a different restaurant, but she could not make a go of it. Gotcha, okay. And so she had debt, she had things like this, so I helped her out, get the restaurant to restaurant going so that she would not go bankrupt. Gotcha, okay. So it was meant to be. It was meant to be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, describe the food at Tribeca. Tribeca was, we started with, I mean, I worked with a line that we had already, so we had pizza and, and then, you know, keep a little bit more of the Italian uh, theme going over there because that's what has been done before. And so we kept it Italian and then Tribeca became a really, really happy hour hotspot. Mm-hmm. We had an incredible happy hour and Trinity loved it. And every night, pretty much, where everybody was there having their half-priced pizza and martinis, mm-hmm. you know, oh, beautiful patio, perfect. and and yeah. Wow, that's that's very interesting. You know, studying you before this podcast, I, I think what I, one of the things I learned, and I've seen it in your restaurants, you're very passionate about service, good service, and that's probably what you learned by coming up in California and, and working through those five-star hotels. I found a quote, I wish people would pay more attention to the quality of service rather than focus on the attention of their server. A nice server doesn't equal good food. Servers should help customers make the right decision, food and wine-wise, and should be more knowledgeable than the customer. Like a sommelier, professional professional service is an art. Do you remember saying that? Yeah. So that's, that's so cool, and it's so important it, just because somebody's nice doesn't mean they're a good server. A good server anticipates what you're going to want before you ever want it, right? That's correct. Yeah. So, so I have an anecdote uh, about this. Is You know, we only know what we know. Okay. To tell the truth, I didn't know much about good service except 
good attention and paying attention to my product, what I needed to serve, until I worked in five-star hotel and I would see how those guys would operate. I was like blown away. One time my dad, uh, for one of his birthday, we gave him a, a dinner at a Rolet Chateau in France. And, and so, you know, after the experience, I cut him out, how was it? And he was like, God, that was incredible. And I said, Dad, that's what I do. My dad had no idea what I did. Mm. And until he had his experience, he never understood that actually serving people was an art and actually creates an experience. Mm. That's beautiful. Mm, yeah, it's really amazing. Yeah, it just changes everything when, you know, um, all of that is taken into account. Yeah. As well as the food, of course. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, I try to push as much as I can. And, and, you know, I mean, there's so many great movies and shows nowadays that can help people mm-hmm. understand what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you see Bear, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. there's a, a Drops of God. Yes, yes. I just, is, well, I just watched that. It was so yeah. good. Oh, Which I don't know about that one. i got to find out so about good. it. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty incredible. And, and, you know, I tell people, yeah. I mean, some people are so into the art. Mm-hmm. That's the level to which they get to. Mm-hmm. Where you don't know their name, you don't even know they exist. But your meal has been perfect. Mm-hmm. And you go home and you're like, what happened? Mm. You know. What Does it frustrate you when, when you know... You've given great service, but the people still aren't happy. We cannot please everybody. Okay. You know, that's something I had to come in terms with. Uh, you know, a lot of people have problems in their life or situation at some point that triggers something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, for us, we just need to understand it and be supportive of it. Yeah. Yeah, I remember reading a story about a man that came home and kick the cat and you think well he's a terrible person and it still is probably shouldn't have kicked the cat but <laughs> but you know you take it backwards and you see all these horrible things that happened throughout the day and mm-hmm. you say okay I understand why he was frustrated mm-hmm. and, and so that's good that you see that just because they come in maybe they had a bad experience it, but it wasn't your server it was something that happened they just came in that way to begin with and you have to understand that people are like that sometimes well, and sometimes it's both ways a server can have exactly the same thing right oh that's no. true i mean last sunday i had to interfere into one of the situation where the server was having a bad day and you know maybe she was a little bit too sensitive mm-hmm. you know but at the end of the day you get to forgive and life goes on yeah yeah there's, there's enough bad things in life to ponders about small things like right. that. So you, you mentioned that you were a bartender for a short stint in your um, career. So it, has that affected you, your bar at your restaurants? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I choose, I seek great bartenders. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, server as well. You can train a server. You cannot train a bartender. Yeah. People that are good bartenders, they are born good. Knowing how what what to mix or how to it's attention to details is being able to manage the room your clients and making drink at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's a I mean, when I first started as a bartender, I was overly challenged and overwhelmed. And little by little, you build the self confidence and you you understand how you have to manage multitask all the time with a smile. Mm-hmm. You know, learning how to disappear from a party to help your servers making drinks, that's an art. 
because you will see servers staying at the table and say, well, they're talking to me. I cannot leave. Yes, you can. You know, you have a job to do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and, and you learn it a lot faster as a bartender than you learn it as a server. Right. Wow. It's so amazing. You know, so much experience that you have, you know, had an opportunity to experience to now bring into these restaurants. Really awesome. You know, all the way from growing up in France and your mom's, ki- you know, kitchen and, and her cooking and the smells and, you know, which defines your um your menu at Julia's and to your bartending, to the serve, you know, to this excellent, you know, service that you saw it at these, you know, um, five star places, Uh, just all all of it. And so it it just makes you more excited to, to want to go. And I mean, I've been to Julia's, but now I'm, I'm all excited to go again, (laughs) you know, um, and, and really both restaurants. I, I I just think it's so cool. That's what I love about this podcast um, Mm -hmm. is, you know, hopefully everybody, you know, when you're listening to this and you just realize, wow, I mean, it it really is amazing, uh, exciting to. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You, You know, even my first job here taught me how to make coffee. And uh, all my life, I wonder why did I pay attention and learn so many skills until I opened my first restaurant. Mm. And then everything came together. I'm like, oh, that's why I know this. That's why I know that. And everybody, you know, I mean, if you're staff in a restaurant, who are you going to go to if you have a problem? You go to the owner. Right. You say, hey, I got this problem. Fix it. And if you don't know how to fix it, you got a problem. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Wow. Well, where do you see yourself in five years? Do you uh, do you, do you want to just? Are you happy with with uh, Sohill and, and Julia's, or you have other ideas in mind that you want to do? Uh, like you said, Sohill and Julia's have been you know a little bit curled, and mm-hmm. the neighborhood mm-hmm. is so supportive. So my story is: I sell a restaurant and I find a new location and I move on. Uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to keep those two restaurants, but I want to share it with my staff so finding some right people to keep on going the, the oh, legacy nice. um eventually i want to retire yeah retire what is that yeah what <laughs> it, 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 it's a big word yeah you know? i mean that's the way i've been living my life is I open a restaurant i work for five years and then i sell them mm-hmm. i take a year off so if you make the calculation it's the same as taking two weeks off every year but i, I like this one year off yeah do, do you is part of it like like Chef Andrew Weissman told us the reason he closed La Rev at, at its height? I think when he closed, he had a three month waiting list to get mm-hmm. in, and he's closed other restaurants. He says he likes planning the restaurant and designing it in his mind way more than he actually likes running the restaurant. Are you the same? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when, and once that. you bring it to this point where you know, like with you know, um, Chef's um, Andrew's restaurant, you know. Um, and, and, and you're seeing all of the success, and it's like, okay, let's let's move to the next one now and get that one, you know, mm-hmm. d- yeah. So yeah. I, I mean, it, it is fun to to create, to take something that is gone mm-hmm. because of history, because of time, like Casbier, and to give it a second life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we had people, and Casbier is such a, a huge history for so many people, but... When we first opened, we had this big, huge biker coming from the back, and uh, because everybody used to come from the back, yeah, they had the would, parking lot yeah. in the back, and you could enter that back door, yeah. yeah. So everybody would come, and he come in, and he said, "That's not Casbier," and it was all <laughs> brand new and everything. I said, "No, Casbier has been gone for a while." He said, "Well, last time I was here was forty-five years ago." Oh so. wow! <laughs> wow! 
you know, I'm coming from Minneapolis with my girlfriend. I'm like, I wanted to show her where I used to hang out when I was mm -hmm. a kid. Yeah. And he's like, but he's like, wow, you did a good job. He looks good here. So maybe we're going to stay. We're going to go have a beer somewhere else, but we come back. And the guy came back and he had a, you know, pizza letter. And, and it, you know, meeting those people that tell you stories mm -hmm. about everything that happened. And, and you're like, really? It's like, wow. it, yeah. it's an mm -hmm. old, old story. I mean, we have a ghost. Oh, do you? Yes. In 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 Casper. In Casper. Mm -hmm. Or in Soul Hill, Soul rather. Soul Hill. Yeah. Soul Hill. Mm -hmm. uh, the story goes that you know there were many ge two generation pretty much of owner of Casper. The first one, um, it was more of a bar. Everything was cash, and the story goes that they were doing some gambling over mm -hmm. there. Well, the owner one time didn't lock the back door. He went to get the cash. Somebody came in and shot him. Oh, wow. And stole off the cash. That's when the owner gave it to a niece. Mm -hmm. Oh. And the other one that took over for the second generation of Caspian. Wow. So it was run, I would say, 20 years by each one. Mm -hmm. I don't know the details, but that's pretty much what the story says. Wow. And everybody working there have had experience. Had had something happen. Yes. Wow. I mean, we had a, a light around the bar you know, LED light, and we, well, we cannot unplug it because it's, it's behind the fridge and everything, but the remote control, we took out all the batteries because every Tuesday when we come back, the light was on, and like, what's oh. going on? Wow. So, <laughs> so, so the ghost likes the light. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know what, but... <laughs> right. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Now, yeah. you have several children. Um, how, how old are your children? 14, 11, and 8. Wow. Do you want them to get into the restaurant business? Or uh, they gonna... No. No, really? You want them not? Or is it one of those things that they come and sit at a table and have to do their homework while you're working, or or do they stay away? Um, some stay away. Some want to be involved. I mm -hmm. don't really want them to – I don't want them to know that that's what the future is going to be. I want them to go through all the different options first. And then if they end up and there, the, that's great. Yeah, if they okay. if they love it, if that's in their blood, that's fine. Super, you know. So, do you travel back to France often with your family? No, uh, the last time was just before COVID. Oh, okay. So we're gonna try to go next year, but mm -hmm. it, it's you know, I mean, COVID was hard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's always something going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I remember after COVID uh, with Soho, you had a really hard time opening up again. You had a hard time finding enough staff. Yeah. J Jared Catoni was going to be was going to be a chef at Soho, oh, okay. mm -hmm. but he couldn't get enough couldn't um, other find, staff. Yeah, yeah, we couldn't find anybody. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was such a crazy time for I think everybody trying to get staff and. Yeah. But that, that was an unprecedented uh, experience. Mm. Yeah. Know? Nobody knew what to expect, so mm -hmm. we knew like, okay, COVID is gone, but then you cannot find people to work, right. and, and the clientele was like, well, where's the food? He's like, I don't find, I don't have people. Yeah. I cannot do everything myself, and and so, you know, he forced changes uh, that, you know, some people understood, some people didn't understand, but to tell the truth, even to this day, working to restaurant professionals and, and other professionals, nothing is ever going to become exactly the same that it was before COVID. Right. Yeah, right. that's very so true. Society has been changed. I mean, mm -hmm. look at the inflation. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so, mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, well, you know, both of uh, your restaurants, Soho Cafe and Julia's, are San Antonio restaurant gold approved. Of course. 
Yeah, we have some great perks. So if you're a Gold member, you can go to either of these restaurants and get some great perks, get some something, uh, you know, I don't remember what it, it is exactly, but we know it's some, some great deals. Well, yeah, you're, I mean, you're, if you're a Gold Club member, you're basically a VIP because, mm-hmm. I mean, you're the only one who actually gets the perks. That's what, that's what it is. If, when you pull up in front, Jean-Francois <laughs> sees you and he'll come out and he, he sings you a song as you're entering the restaurant <laughs> every <you> time. <laughs> yeah. You get carried in. <laughs> right. No, that, would I, I, that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But they are both great restaurants. Yes. We love them both and everyone needs to go. So Hill Cafe is at 1719 Blanco Road. And Julia's Bistro is at 1725 Blanco, just uh, in the same little shopping center and great place to go. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Susie. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here today. We appreciate it. And uh, we we will be back to see you again soon. Like I said, I haven't been to So Hill in a while and I need to go back. So, yeah, we'll be absolutely guaranteed to be back there soon. All right. Well, Susie. We will be back again next week, right? Absolutely. And we're going to have another great guest. Yes. Don't know who it is, but we'll. it's going to be it, a good one. It will be amazing. <laughs> Thank All you guys right. so much for listening in. And yeah. get out to uh, Julia's and So Hill. And I mean, I know I'm going to. So. Absolutely. All right, Jean-Francois, thank you for being here. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye, guys. You too. Thanks.